Welcome to the Father's House OC Podcast. We come to you with weekly sermons from our service in Huntington Beach, California. For more information about Father's House and more sermons like these, please visit fathershouseoc.org. Wow, wow. Thank you, Ramel, for such a introduction and uh, be safe out there on the trails. Um, good morning, Father's House. It's good to be with you today. And uh, yeah, we're going to be hitting Acts chapter 11 and 12 today and really feel like, of course, I feel like this every Sunday, but um, particularly this morning, just feel like uh, such um, uh, there's such a, a powerful thing that God is wants to do. And so I really believe that uh, today's scripture is going to reveal to us so much so much of his heart, so much of his plan, so much what he has in mind for us. And so I'm excited to dive in and to see the Lord's will, the Lord's heart, dive in to see um, direction. So the Lord, the Lord knows where he's taking us. So this is such a good piece of information for us to know. This should bring us joy, even in hard times that the Lord knows where we're going. The Lord knows his plans. And so we can trust in him. We can lean on him. And he even reveals to us mysteries, mysteries of heaven. It, uh, the New Testament tells us that there was a mystery hidden. And through Jesus, he revealed a mystery of heaven. And he's still doing that today. And we're going to see in the book of Acts, uh, when the church became alive with the Holy Spirit, and they gave their life to Jesus, we're going to see that God guided them and, and watched over them and uh, even gave them pieces of information for the future so that they could direct their path properly. And so this is such a timely word. Uh, honestly, get out your notebooks, get out your phones, be ready to take notes because God's speaking here this morning. So turn your, if you have your Bibles, turn to chapter 11, and we're going to start in verse 19, because we already hit a portion of this. And so the way I'm, I'm looking at this first chunk of scripture here is we're seeing, we're seeing what the atmosphere is uh, during this time of the church. And so you just got to know that there's an atmosphere, there's a current situation that the church is in now, and here's the the situation that they were in then. And so it's important for us to know that there's different times and different seasons and different atmospheres. So we're in a current season with a current atmosphere. Okay. So there's certain things to be done in that, in each season and each atmosphere. So let's read about this in verse 19, the church in Antioch, because of the persecution triggered by Stephen's death in Jerusalem, many of the believers were scattered some reached as far as the coast of Lebanon, the island of Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. But they were still only preaching the word to the Jews. However, some of the believers from Cyprus and Cyrene, who had come to Antioch and Syria, preached to the non-Jews living there, proclaiming the message of salvation in the Lord Jesus. The mighty power of the Lord was with them, as they ministered, and a large number of people believed and turned their hearts to the Lord. 
So there's persecution and people scatter. And then we they go to different different neighboring places. And it says that they it doesn't say that the apostles left and preached. It says that the believers they were they went to new areas. And who preached? The believers preached. It wasn't just the apostles, it was the believers. And so this is such a key piece of information for us. This is such a key piece of us finding our blueprint, uh, living out our Christian walk. And when we uh, accept Jesus in our life, when we have a revelation of the Son of God, a revelation of who God is, when the Holy Spirit fills us and we come alive, uh, can you remember the first time you came alive with the Holy Spirit? There's nothing like it. It changes everything. And the, the church, they were scattered because of hard times, because of persecution, right? They go to neighboring places. And when you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, when you have that revelation, when the Holy Spirit fills you, you're no longer the same. You're a brand new creation. It doesn't just mean that you're healed from your wounds and your hurts, right? It's not just that. There's a whole bunch of other things that come with the life of Jesus, one of those things is every one of us is a minister. We are a royal priesthood. You, church, each one of you is a minister, a preacher, an evangelist, a missionary. And so because the Holy Spirit is all those things, it means it's available to you. So we, we're all preachers, not just me. I just happen to be in front of a camera and and. Uh, leading a church, but each Christian is called to preach. And what does that preaching looks like? It's the testimony of what God has done in your life. I'm telling you, church, share. Share what God's done in your life and then share the message of the cross. Come to Jesus and repent. Give your life to him and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is good news for every person, whether they know it or not. And so, we got to start looking at ourselves differently, church. You're not a church goer. No, you are the church. You're part of the church. It has many different parts, and you're part of the church. And so we, uh, as we go out and as we do what we do, we're not going out as church goers. No, we're going out as Christ followers. And everywhere we go, the Lord's ready to do kingdom work kingdom work. And, and oh, this is such a crucial time. This is such a, a moment in history. God chose you. He chose me to be here in this atmosphere, in this season. What, what does he have on his mind? He, he has something specific. And, and for some reason, you and I, the church is the answer for this season and this atmosphere. I just find that amazing. So verse 22, news of what was happening in Antioch reached the church of Jerusalem. So the news that non-Jews were receiving the message of Jesus. So the apostles sent Barnabas to Antioch as their emissary. When he got there and witnessed for himself God's marvelous grace, he was enthused and overjoyed. He encouraged the believers to remain faithful and cling, cling uh, to the Lord with passionate hearts which is something, what a timely word. Church, cling to the Lord with passionate hearts. That is a timely message right now. Uh, 
Barnabas was a good man, full of the spirit of holiness, and he exuded a life of faith. Because of his ministry, even more crowds of people were brought to the Lord. Barnabas left the left for Tarsus to find Saul and bring him back to Antioch. Together, Saul and Barnabas ministered there for a full year, equipping uh, the growing church and teaching the vast number of new converts. It was in Antioch that the followers of Jesus were first revealed as anointed ones, as Christians. So church, you are considered anointed ones. What does that mean? How amazing is this that we are considered anointed ones, not just sent ones, but anointed ones. We are anointed with the Holy Spirit. When we go places, atmospheres change. This is really true. We read our Bible. We're anointed ones. When we walk into a room, hope is there. Salvation is there. The goodness of God is there. This is really good stuff. This is really good news for the world. Wherever you go, the anointing of God is there. Okay, so this is the current atmosphere. There's some persecution stirred up. Um, we, we now see that the message of Jesus is breaking, uh, breaking barriers, breaking, breaking uh, ethnic barriers, race barriers. Like there's nothing holding back the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so even non-Jews are receiving the message and receiving the Holy Spirit. So things are, uh, there's, there's an atmosphere of persecution, but there's an atmosphere also of an explosion of the gospel. So that's what this time currently is. I want to take a moment. I want to take a moment to talk about what I think the, the, the season and the atmosphere of Father's house is. And so it's going to be uh, important for us to know the times that we're in. So if you want to turn to John chapter 2, this is what I think the, the season for Father's house is. And then we'll move on to the next part. So John chapter 2 is obviously Jesus uh, comes to a wedding and he does his first get, uh, miracle. Now on the third day, there was a wedding feast in Galilee uh, in the Glen village of Cana, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were all invited to the banquet, but with, with so many guests in attendance, they ran out of wine. And when Mary realized that she came to him and asked, they've run out of wine, can't you do something about it? So Jesus replied, my dear one, don't you understand that if I do this, it won't change anything for you, but it will change everything for me. My hour of unveiling my power has not yet come. Mary then went to the servers and told them, whatever Jesus tells you, make sure that you do it. Now, there were six stone water pots standing nearby. They were meant to be used for Jewish washing rituals. Each one held about 20 gallons or more. Jesus uh, came to the servers and told them, fill the pots with water right up to the very brim. Then he said, now fill their pitchers and take them to the master of ceremonies. And when they poured out their pitchers for the master of ceremonies to sample, the water became wine. When he tasted the water that became wine, the master of ceremonies was impressed, although he didn't know where the wine had come from, but the servers knew. He called the bridegroom over and said to him, 
Every host serves his best wine first until everyone has had a cup or two, then serves the wine of poor quality. But you, my friend, you've reserved the most exquisite wine until now. This miracle in Cana was the first of many extraordinary miracles Jesus performed in Galilee. This was a sign revealing his glory and his disciples believed in him. So church, why am I reading this? Because uh, what I hear the Spirit saying to Father's House is that it's time for Father's House's public ministry to begin. And what happened right here is that they obviously knew Jesus did miracles. And so this is his first public miracle. The uh, Jesus' mother obviously knew who he was, obviously knew how he was conceived, obviously knew that he had the anointing of God. Um, but now this is a public thing. So here's his public ministry begins here. And so I believe that there's a shift for Father's house. There's, there is a, a moving and, and a season that we're entering, that God wants us to enter to. It's beginning our public ministry. And it's time for us to get out more. It's time for us to uh, get beyond our, our meetings. He's already, they're already gone. <laughs> they're already not here. So it's time for us for a public ministry to do things in the public, to um, reveal Jesus in public. Church, we're, we've been called by God. What an honor. We've literally been called. Our purpose is to make the Father known. And so it's time to make him known. It's time for our public ministry. Church, I believe this is a word from the Lord. It's time for this public ministry. Church, the world's wine has run out. It's empty. The, the religion hasn't done it. The world hasn't done it. The, the, the world is looking for new wine. And so we have it. We're, we're anointed ones for God's sake. We have it. We have the new wine that the world is thirsty for. The world's needing. And so, I don't know, church. I'm going to do something public. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm not talking about a rally for social justice, although there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not talking about protesting quarantine. That, there's nothing wrong with that either. I, that's what the Lord moves you to do. But I'm talking about a movement of the kingdom. That's what I was made for in this season, in this time. I'm talking about a public ministry where souls are saved from the pit of hell. That's what I'm interested in doing. And I think that's what the Lord's calling us to do. And I think what better, you know how the Lord changes the world? It's one, oh, one valuable individual at a time. Right. You see, I was changed and now I have a family that's changed. And that's creating change. So church, it's so important that you and I have a public ministry, that we reach out to the hurting and the broken and the lost, that cellular level of, of ministry, that kingdom work. That's where the real change happens. So we got to get down to the cellular level, the singular level, the individual's uh, the anointed ones meeting the lost and bringing the message of the gospel. I hope somebody is saying amen in their house right now. I hope somebody is stirred up right now. I, I, hope, I hope somebody wants to go do something right now because I'm, I'm ready to do something. I'm ready to see a move of God. And I don't know, church, this is what's happening to me. So 
we, we're just in the first paragraph. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the second paragraph, uh, the very last paragraph of chapter 11, verse 27. And this is, I hope this blows your mind, what you're about to hear right now. Ver, uh, chapter 11, verse 27. At that time, there, was, there were prophets in the church of Jerusalem. And some of them came to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, that's a sweet name, stood up in the meeting and prophesied by the Holy Spirit, which is really important. We prophesy by the Holy Spirit. That a severe famine was about to come over Israel. This prophecy was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius Caesar. So they determined that each believer, according to his or her ability, would give an offering to send to relieve to the brothers living in Judea. They set aside the gifts and entrusted the funds to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. So let me tell you what has just happened right here, because this is absolutely amazing. So we just read about the atmosphere, what's going on. There's, there's persecution uh, and now we're, they're finding that the gospel's breaking, breaking out in other places. They're breaking out in this city, Antioch especially, which ends up becoming a hub for the apostles. So it's, it's important for cities to thrive because it helps the gospel thrive. And so it's breaking out and there's a, a prophet comes and stands up in a meeting and prophesies by the Holy Spirit which that's the only type of prophecy we want is prophecy by the Holy Spirit. And what he prophesies is the future. What's coming? Breakthrough, blessing, really good stuff. No, he doesn't prophesy that. I love prophesying good things happening, but we got to prophesy by the Holy Spirit. And in this season, what they needed to know, what God wanted to give them a heads up on is what was coming. What was coming was a famine and that they were to prepare so do you see what advantage the anointed ones have? We get to know the will of God. We get to know things that are coming to be prepared. So they begin to take an offering. Could you imagine if we did that in today's church? Hey, I have a word of the Lord. We got to prepare. We're going to take a next offering for that thing coming. The church might have a heart attack if we did that. But this is the provision this is the provision that God has for us. It's prophetic revelation by the Holy Spirit. And it guides us and, and directs us. And he watches over us. This is so amazing. And so I want to share with you, church, um, I, I believe the Lord's given me a, a prophetic dream to share, with, to share with the church. And I want to share that because uh, this dream took place last week. I've been sitting with this and praying if I share it or not, um, but I feel like I'm supposed to share it, and so I will. And and all of you can uh, help discern and judge if this is from the Lord. But I, I believe it's a word from the Lord, um, and so I want to share it with you. So, as we see here, that the Holy Spirit gives a heads up, gives direction, and then the church responds. The church responds by beginning to collect an offering. It's just amazing to me. They, begin, they collect an offering for something that hasn't even happened yet. I just think that's amazing. And so what faith, what 
trust the, the believers had. So l- let me share with you a dream that I had, and I believe it's a, uh, a prophetic dream um, for, I think it's for me, and I also think it's for us. And so here's the dream. I had a dream that uh, we, were, uh, we were in a really nice house right on the water, on the beach. The house was very big, multiple stories, and it was shaped like a perfect cube. So a massive building, perfectly cubed. And I was out front and I saw, I saw a missile shoot by and it seemed way too low. So the atmosphere in the dream was at this building. I was at, it, was, it was a home, but it wasn't just my home. It was a bunch of people's home. And I, I was out front and a, a missile went by, but I was the only one who saw it. And I said, did you see that missile? And nobody else saw it. And it seemed way too low. And, but I didn't see where it landed. It went, it went far away. And so I just went on with things. Okay, if, if no one else saw it, I guess it's fine. So um, it seemed too low. Like, um, like it definitely hit somewhere not too far away, but I could not see where it landed. We kept on going on with our day because no one else saw it but me. Then minutes later, a second missile shot across the sky even lower than the first, and it hit just a few miles away. The explosion was so large that the shockwave from the explosion uh, made it all the way to the house and broke the large windows facing the beach. So the house overlooked the water. The entire front of the house was glass, and the shockwave from this second missile broke the glass. Um, water started to come in the house and begin to pour in the house into the living room area. And there was a, there was a worship leader, uh, sleeping on the couch. And I just find this part kind of funny. Uh, there was a worship leader sleeping on the couch that did not awake. And, uh, (laughs) um, so all this commotion's going on and the glass breaks, water comes in and there's, there's a sleep, sleep happening. Um, so uh, I started to gather up my family and tell people to come inside uh, to get into the house. And I began to hear gunshots and screaming. So I ran on top of the house and I looked out because the house was large. You could see pretty far. And what I saw is um, I saw militia. They had large guns and they're completely covered. You could just see their eyes. And there was three of them shoulder to shoulder walking towards the house. And so at that moment, I realized in the dream that this was an attack. And so I ran downstairs and began to try to gather, um, to gather those to come inside. Um, I knew then that I was attacked and we needed to get ready to fight. It seemed really hard uh, to find the family and get them in. And then I woke up. So church, I've been sitting with this dream for uh, close to two weeks now. And I've been praying about this and, and uh, uh, minute by minute deciding to share it or not, share it or not. But I, I just feel like I have to share it. I have to release it. And, and what, do I, the, what is the interpretation I feel it is? Well, I feel like the, that we need to get ready. I feel like there's a second wave of something. And 
there's a second wave in the spirit that we got to get ready for. We have to be ready to fight in the spirit. And there's a pull, there's a draw, there's a draw to be asleep right now. I don't know if you can feel it, but I can feel it. My flesh wants to shrink back. My flesh wants to go to sleep. My flesh wants to, to wait and, and everything to go back to normal. That's what my flesh wants. But my spirit is, is on alert. My spirit says, wake up. There's something happening. Be ready. And so I believe, church, that we're supposed to get ready to, to handle another wave of whatever that is. And I believe it's a, in a direct attack of the enemy that wants to uh, shut us down. I believe uh, the window, there's something very significant about the window shattering. A lot of times window means prophetic revelation. He wants to shatter our revelation from the Holy Spirit. He wants to break that down. And let the, the waters of turmoil flood in. And so, uh, church, it's time for us to wake up and get ready. And, and the best way I know how to fight is to pray, church. And so I don't know how this is going to work. I'm, I'm literally making this up right now, but there's going to be a prayer meeting this week. And I'm, I'm calling an emergency intercession in-person meeting. I believe we're supposed to intercede right now and be ready for anything that's to come. And this is not to, please don't have fear. Oh, he's preparing us. We don't need to have fear about this. We just need to make sure we're not asleep, church. Oh, we, we can, we'll literally come together and dance and pray because we can be so hopeful because we know who Jesus is. And so we don't come together in fear and in panic. No, we come together in confidence. And so I believe it's time for emergency intercessory prayer sessions to come. I don't know where, I don't know how. I'm gonna organize something. I'm just thinking maybe in the church parking lot or something. It doesn't matter. It's time for a public ministry to start. We got to go somewhere and pray and intercede so that we would be prepared for anything that's coming because there is attacks of the enemy. There's so many details of the dream. I'm not going to go in piece by piece of the full thing. Maybe I'll record something later and post it. But I wanted to share this with you because God does speak prophetically. He gives us a heads up on what's coming. And I believe he's giving us a heads up that we need to be prepared. And, and I think with the way we prepare is intercessory prayer. My wife last night had a, a dream very similar to this, that the clouds turned into a machine and turned into guns and were aimed at the church. And so God, there's something, there's something that we need to be prepared for. Please don't have fear. Please don't uh, have stress or, or worry about this. no, let your heart be stirred and move into prayer and intercession. Uh, if you're, this is also a time, if you're feeling far from God, it's time to repent and, and turn your heart to him and, and surrender to him and, and come back to him, draw near to him. This is the time that we're in. Okay. Whew. Church, uh, I hope you're receiving this right now. I hope I hope you're being stirred up right now. If you feel, if your spirit is resonating with this prophetic dream saying, yes, we need to prepare. I want you to like text me if you have, message me, email me, and tell me that you're in, that you want to gather and pray and, and uh, be prepared. And that 
you want to resist the flesh and, and falling asleep in this time. So however you message me on Facebook, um, Tim Felker, email me, Tim at fathershouseoc.org. Uh, call me on my cell. I'm not throwing that one out there, but <laughs> most of you have it anyways. So please message me that you want to get together and intercede. If this is on your heart, if you feel like this is the Holy Spirit speaking, I want to get together in person and intercede and be ready. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, church, let's go through this last part because I want, now I want to tell you what prayer can do. Now I want to tell you how prayer shifts and moves atmospheres. Verse 12, or sorry, chapter 12, verse 1. During this period, King Herod um, incited persecution against the church, causing great harm to the believers. So this is a, a hard time for the church. Turmoil, literally a ruler coming after the church. It says it caused great harm to believers. He even had the apostle Jacob or James, Jesus' brother, beheaded. So this is serious, serious persecution. When Herod realized how much this pleased the Jewish leaders, he had Peter arrested and thrown into prison during the feast of Passover. 16 soldiers were assigned to guard him until Herod could, could bring him to public trial immediately after the Passover celebration celebrations were over. So in the middle of Passover celebrations, they arrest Peter. Imagine if I was arrested right now in the middle of this, that's how serious this was. That's what an interruption it was. So this is serious times for the church. They were obviously concerned and alarmed. Uh, the church went into a season of intense intercession, asking God to free him. This is what I believe we're called to do, a season of intense intercession to be prepared for, for what is coming. And, oh, this is so good. Thank you, Jesus. So let's hear what happens. What is the outcome of intense intercession? The night before Herod planned to bring him to trial, he made sure that Peter was securely bound with two chains. Peter was sound asleep between two soldiers with additional guards stationed outside of his cell door. When all at once an angel of the Lord appeared, filling the prison cell with a brilliant light, the angel struck Peter on his side to awaken him and said, hurry up, let's go. Instantly, the chains fell off his wrist. The angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. Bring your cloak and follow me. Peter quickly left the cell and followed the angel, even though he thought it was only a dream or a vision, for it seemed unreal. He couldn't believe it was really happening. They walked unseen past the first guard, first guard post, and then the second before coming to the iron gate that leads to the city. The gate swung open by itself right in front of them. They went out into the city and were walking down a narrow street when all of a sudden the angel disappeared. That's when Peter realized that it wasn't, he wasn't having a dream. He said to himself, this is really happening. The Lord sent him an angel to rescue me from the clutches of Herod and from the Jewish leaders, plan, what they planned to do to me. When he realized he when he realized this, he didn't go to the he decided to go to the home of Mary uh, and her son John Mark. The house was filled with people praying. 
when he knocked on the door uh, to the courtyard, a young servant girl named Rose got up to see what it, what it was. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so excited that she forgot to open the door, but ran back inside to the house to announce, Peter's standing outside. Are you crazy, they said to her. But when she kept insisting, they answered, well, it must be an angel. Meanwhile, Peter was still outside knocking on the door. When, um, where'd we go? Knocking on the door. When they finally opened it, they were shocked to find Peter standing there. He signaled for them to be quiet as he shared with them the miraculous way the Lord brought him out of the prison. Before he left, he said, make sure you let Jacob and all the other believers know what happened. At the first sign of daylight, the prison guards were in tremendous uproar because of Peter's disappearance. Herod ordered a thorough search for him, but no one could find him. After he interrogated the guards, he ordered them executed. Then Herod left the province of Judea for Caesarea and stayed there for a period of time. Now, during those days, Herod was engaged in a violent dispute with the people. So it, it goes on to share a little bit about this. And eventually what happens to Herod, I'm not going to read all of this, but he receives praise and worship from the people and God strikes him down with a disease, which is really, he, he dies after that. So yeah, God's, God's in control of things 100%. So church, why am I reading this? Because intercession, prayer, it changes things, it moves things, even even when we think nothing's happening, you hear a knock at the door. You open it up and there's a surprise. There's the breakthrough that you're looking for. There's the thing that you were hoping for. God moved and he did it. And what faith, well, how much do you think their faith was built? They went into an intense season of intercession. And then Peter came and shared the miraculous thing God did. You realize it's so easy to share Jesus after that happens. There's no trouble at all sharing the gospel. There's no trouble giving testimony of Jesus. There's no trouble having a public ministry when you're so full of faith because you prayed and trusted in Jesus and he moved and he, you saw the miraculous. It's, oh, it makes everything come alive. And this is what God has for us, church. Uh, are there hard times? Yes. Is there a second wave coming? Well, I believe the Lord is saying, yes, there is. There's a second wave of something, of some type of a attack coming at least possibly for Father's house, if not beyond that. And I want to be prepared. And the way I'm going to prepare is intercession. And I want to see the Lord move. And I want to see the Lord, um, I want to tell miraculous stories of how he's come through. And I want to see people saved. I want to see the kingdom of God advanced in this region. So church, this is what I believe God has for us. And so I want to pray for you. I want to pray over you. And please, if you want to join in a season of intense intercession, please reach out to us. Please reach out to me. And we're going to do that. Let's have the worship team uh, get prepared. And we're going to pray. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may need to sit with this. Let this stir over. Let this stir in you. Get into an atmosphere of worship and 
Seek the Lord on these things. Church, I, I, I'm telling you, it's a time for an intense intercession. Deliberate intercession. We got to come together. We got to meet together and pray for God to move, for God to come, for his glory to fall. I know there's people watching this that don't know Jesus, that don't know this life I'm talking about. If that's you, reach out to Jesus right now where you're at. Surrender your life to Jesus. He'll come. He'll free you. He'll free you. Even out of the deepest pit, he'll pull you out. That's what he does. He did it to me. I know he'll do it for you. Yes. If, you, if you've given your life to Jesus today, through this, you've got to reach out to a Christian. You need to be baptized. And you need to be prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray, church. If you're with people in your home or there's others around watching, like just grab a hand. We're going to pray. Father, Father, we trust you. Father, we want to make you known on the earth. Father, oh, these are historical times upon us, God. There's attacks on us, God. But we're not going to sit back and be lulled to sleep in our flesh. No, God. We are going to engage in spiritual warfare, Lord. Right now, God's going to be waking us up to activity that's been putting us to sleep. You may be feeling a conviction on your heart. That's good. Don't go into self-pity or condemnation. No. Give it up to the Lord. Say, forgive me. I want to be on your path. I want to be awake I want eyes to see, ears to hear in the spirit. Father, we trust you. We worship you. We lean on you, God. Let us passionately hold on to you. Let us resist the enemy. Let us fight with weapons of warfare in the spirit, God. Not be caught up in this atmosphere. No. Lord, encourage your church. Fill us up, God. Touch lives right now, God. 
Stir us up, God. Stir us up. Reveal your will to us, God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Come on, just soak in this for a few more minutes. We still got time. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Oh, Father, we love you. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, God. We thank you, Lord. Church, I just pray over you right now that you'd be full, 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 full. That the Holy Spirit would illuminate the God, God's word to you. That you would see above the clouds right now. You would see in the spirit realm what God's doing. Church, I just release to you right now the ability to see in the spirit. I pray, I pray for your heart and minds to be stirred. I pray that you'd be washed in the blood of Jesus. I pray that you, your heart would be encouraged by the name of Jesus. And I just release you, church, right now. Public ministry. It's time for our public ministry. We're going to, I believe the Lord's going to reveal more what that looks like, what we're to do with that. But pray on that as well. Let the Lord stir that word in your heart. It's time for our public ministry. Last thing I want to say in response to all of this is I want to invite you all to my birthday party. That may sound funny, but I'll be at Saturate OC July 3rd, which is my birthday, which I think is confirmation even more from the Lord that we're to be there. So you're all invited to Huntington Beach. You can look up Saturate OC, SaturateOC.com, I believe. We're, a, we're partnering with Saturate OC. We're believing for 50,000 to come to know Jesus. How is that going to happen? We're going to publicly gather. We're going to pray, and we're going to go out and preach. We're going to have a public ministry. So church, let your heart be stirred. You're all invited to my birthday party. What I want for my birthday is souls saved in Jesus' name. That's what I want to see. And so let the Lord speak to you about attending Saturate OC. It's, it's uh, every Friday in July. The first one's on my birthday. You're all invited. And that's what I believe we're supposed to do. We're supposed to pray in intense season of intercession up until... Uh, July 3rd at least, 
until the Lord releases us from that. And July 3rd and every Friday in July, I believe we're supposed to have a public ministry. Go and share the testimony of Jesus. Share the good news of the gospel. And have you lead people to the Lord. Have you baptize people in the ocean. Have you pray for the Holy Spirit to fill. Fill those coming to Jesus. So this is where we're headed as a church. Bless you, church. Love you. And if this has stirred up anything, uh, please feel free to reach out, and um, we'll be announcing we'll be announcing when and where we'll be meeting up this week for intercession. That's gonna happen. And so I pray the Spirit. I pray you respond and respond to what the Spirit's speaking at. And so I love you, church. I bless you. I miss you. And I know God's up to some amazing things. We'll see you soon in Jesus' name. Amen.